Hello everyone and welcome back to the Pushing Buttons Podcast, Episode 7. This is the video game show where we talk about our opinions, experiences, ideas, and general concepts about video games, which we love. I'm Robert. I'm Kevin. And I'm Kyle. And today we will be talking about our favorite protagonists, what makes a good protagonist in a game, and yeah, just in general, a great character in a video game. Kind of goes off of the subject from last week talking about single player games. That's where I came up with uh, this idea in particular. And next week's idea as well. But we'll get to that. That's another topic for another time. I had to get that one in there early this time. Uh, Yeah, the single player uh, discussion actually got a lot of juices flowing uh, Mm -hmm. as far as my mind grapes go. And 30 Rock. Nice. You haven't seen that, have you? I I haven't, but I like that. That's a good phrase. (laughs) Mind grapes. I'm going to use that. (laughs) Tracy Tracy Jordan, the character from played by Tracy Morgan, is a good Mm -hmm. protagonist. Nice. Segways. (laughs) <laughs> Connectivity. In 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 no in event. That's the word. That's also from Thirty Rock. In event. In event. Interesting. <laughs> what yeah. have you been up to this week, Kyle? Uh, since well, last we met. Well, just a standard work week. Uh, played more Final Fantasy. I completed the main story quest of A Realm Reborn. Cool. So now I'm in Heaven's Ward. And I'm taking a break from that for a little bit to dive into Assassin's Creed Origins some more. Nice. Um, I played extensively after work yesterday, and uh, I'm starting to get a feel for it now. I'm really enjoying the environments. Mm. I just made my way to the Hippodrome for the first time. Nice. I haven't done that at all. Uh, I did did a little chariot racing. It was pretty fun. I'm really getting a feel for the game's menu system because mm-hmm. that was what was kind of putting me off for a while. It takes a while, especially. I was like, oh, this is really complex for an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> it seems like the menu system is better for a, for a mouse. Like, it's meant to have a mouse controlling it. But yeah. like, with a with a controller, it's really weird. Yeah, like right away, like when you boot up the game, just having to use the analog stick to mm-hmm. move the cursor is kind of mm-hmm. throwing me off a little bit. Yeah. Just the first time I noticed that was uh, Destiny. Yeah. And I, that really threw thing. me off then. But yeah. since then, I've I've gotten used to it. But I'm enjoying it a lot more. Uh, got to play that for about 12 hours now total. Uh, nice. Just doing side quests as I find them and just engaging in the story here and there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I've been really having fun with it so far. I'm glad to hear that. <clears throat> and uh, I also tried another new game. Uh, not this week, but last week that I didn't get to talk about because of E3. Um, I checked out Doom a little bit. Uh, I played that for about a couple hours, and so far I'm not really feeling it. Uh, compared to other shooters, it's definitely a lot faster mm-hmm. paced. That's the point. Uh, yeah, it's uh, supposed to capture that essence of the original Doom 1 and Doom 2. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I'm not really sure if I'm quite engrossed in that one yet. Like, I'm not. I'm still kind of feeling my way through that one. It's funny. That's how I play Call of Duty. When I was actually trying to get into Call of Duty, and I gave it a lot of. I, I tried a lot. 
But every time I'd play it, I'm talking about with the competitive like team deathmatch modes. Every time I'd play it, I'd play it like I was playing Doom or Quake, and I'd be jumping around everywhere, trying to strafe jump and just getting shot all the time because <laughs> I don't ever use tactics. I use arena shooter <laughs> reflexes. I mean, uh, it's so weird playing a game that fast-paced in a shooter setting again. Because I'm so used to taking my time and uh, exploring everything, like with Fallout or Metro or mm-hmm. even Doom 3 back in the day. Yeah. Survival horror shooters. Yeah. Like, it, I'm just not used to playing a game that fast anymore. <laughs> so uh, I'm still kind of feeling it out. But, yeah. How, how long did you try it? Or how many hours do you know? Like two or three. Okay. Kind of in between. It I, took me about... It took my second installation of the game to actually play it, mm-hmm. and even then, it was like after I'd played it for three, three and a half hours, I started really getting into it. Mm-hmm. Got used to the feeling of everything. And this is about how long it took me to get into it. Yeah, so far, uh, the sound effects aren't really as good as I was hoping they would be. Oh, what? I love that. I mean, I was enjoying it like when you first boot up the game and stuff. Yeah. But I got the shotgun, and I just I, I feel like it's not as cool sounding as it could have been it's it, it kind of shoots like a wet noodle sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i i kind of want to hear That's... you try to make a an impression of that sound oh I, i'm not gonna try <laughs> that's a wet noodle sound <laughs> good job robert thank you jobbert but that was my weekend that's Thanks. about it what about you robert uh well i went back and i played replayed a game that i haven't played in years the first gears of war and i got the the Ultimate Edition through Xbox Live, which was their remaster. I think you talked about that last week a little bit. <clears throat> I know we talked about it here. It was on the podcast. I don't think so. Okay. Um, because I didn't... I might have just started it, but I beat it this weekend. Okay. Finished it on Sunday, and the cutscenes are all redone, like brand new cutscenes. And the game felt really good. Like, it's been a long time since I played a game like that. And it just felt so good to play the the movement and the shooting. It's just as fun as I remember. Nice. That's a and, game uh, with uh, awesome sound design. Yeah. The weapons sound gruesome, like chainsawing chainsaw. a locust. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all the splatters and all that, and it's. I mean, the story really isn't much in that game, but it's. Heck of a lot of fun to play. I don't like the look of the game either. Really? Yeah, it's all gray. It's very gray. The first one is, yeah. Yeah, that's they, the only one I played. They really opened up, like, uh, the second one opened up even more. Like, you're actually, you go up into the mountains, and you got, like, alpine areas and stuff like that. <laughs> and they really, because that was a lot of the, what people were saying when the first yeah. one came out. So they really took that to heart, and they expanded it. And That's good. But yeah, I had a lot of fun playing that. I started Gears 2. But haven't got very far, and that's about it. I still need to catch up on my Arrested Development. <laughs> I think I'm like two episodes away from finishing the first half of season five. I'm really curious when they're going to add the mm-hmm. put up the second half. Yeah. I want to watch that. It's really good so far, though. What about you? I bought and started playing Prey. Nice. Because we were talking about it on the podcast. Interesting. I mentioned how I wanted to play the Moon Crash DLC. Mm-hmm. Haven't started that yet because I want to start and go through the single player campaign. Nice. God, it's good. It I is know, a right? good game. It is a great game. It really is. It's just it, it feels like Bioshock, 
and Deus Ex in all the right ways. Mm. Like in, instead of the the augmentations, you have the the neuro mods, yeah. Or instead of the whatever Bioshock called the the powers or whatever plasmids, plasmids, plasmids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, tonics. Yeah, you have the the neuro mods, which are pretty much the same as the augmentations in Deus Ex. Uh, it's you start off with a wrench as your weapon. Yeah, so that, that's <laughs> that's cool. Uh, it's very reminiscent of Bioshock in that fact. And the the open exploration, the the non convoluted crafting system. It's very basic, and it's all you need in a game like that. If you're going to have a crafting system, don't overdo it. And they did not it. It's just a really fun game. It's easy to dive into that world and want to look around. I've played it for like four hours, and I just got through the lobby. I hope you're playing on PC. Of course. Nice. I can't uh, play a first-person shooter with a controller. Don't you love how, in that game in particular, like uh, you can use your mouse to click on the screens? Yeah. Like, Isn't that an awesome detail? It really is, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you got the Typhoon or uh, you know the foam dart gun. Uh-uh, not yet. You can actually shoot that and unlock doors with it. Oh, that's by- cool. Like hitting the screen. I made one, but I didn't have any the huntress. Yeah, uh, crossbow. Yeah, yeah. I bu- I built one, but I had no, no, uh, no bolts for it, and I and needed the inventory space, so I scrapped it. But it's really cool because there'll be locked doors where you have to use that to kind of shoot through the opening in the glass. Gotcha. To open the door. That's pretty cool. It's a really fun game. I'm really glad you're playing it. That's yeah. cool. It. That's a game where the shotgun actually sounds like a shotgun. Yeah. That has a. Uh, that has some kick to it. Like, I almost feel the mouse jerking back <laughs> <laughs> when I shoot that thing. Cool. I'm really looking forward into diving into it. And when I went to the, the security office and found the, the computer and puts trackers on all the, the people mm-hmm. that are in the station, and you have to, it's a side mission, you can do it or not do it, but find, locate all the people, it checks them off as you go. It's just yeah. an easy way of keeping tabs on uh, objectives or side objectives that you don't want messing up your, your quest log. It's, it's just little things like that just make it seem very, very good, even better than it might even have meant to have been, just like with the I little mean, details like that. Compared to other games of a genre, it definitely adds a lot more of uh, intrinsic detail to the game. Okay, yeah. Uh, along with, I mean, the only thing I could really find fault with is the enemy variety. <laughs> yeah, I... I've started to to notice that. I mean, but the guns you get later on are just so fun to use. Uh, I'm not sure how far you are in the story. Not very. Okay, yeah. But uh, I really enjoyed the uh, I just space to, exploration as I, well. I went to my office for the first time. Oh, okay. You're, that took you're very me almost, early then. That took me like four hours yeah. to get to. You're going to love it. It's a great game. Yeah. Really fun. I'm starting to think it's going to take me more than the average 20 hours to beat. It's probably, it took me about 35 Okay. And I did everything in the game, gotcha. of course. Naturally. Mm-hmm. Naturally. I don't think you had all the achievements, though. <laughs> no, because uh, there's, like, you know, good and evil playthroughs. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I did the good playthrough. Gotcha. I didn't even know every, that. Like, all those people you mentioned, I rescued them all. I didn't even know that was a thing in the game. Yeah, you have moral choices, like Bioshock, where you can go huh. good or bad. That's cool. I didn't know that. And it influences kind of spoiler, the but cool. ending of the game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I need oh. to check it out. I'm surprised you didn't know about that. No. Oh, like I said, I've gone through the lobby and went to my office. Mm-hmm. That was it. Oh, okay. I haven't found anybody alive yet. Oh, I see. Okay. It's it's a really fun game, and I I'm looking forward to. I, I want to play the DLC because I I love roguelikes, mm-hmm. I, the random gener or procedural generation, and just endless playability. I really want to see how Prey pulled it off. 
but I want to beat the game before I do that. It's well worth the playthrough. I, 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 I just feel like I need to lot. get the, the core of the game done before I get any, to any of the add-on yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing more on that. Yeah. I'm Your thoughts. excited to play more of it. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> All right, well, I guess now is as good a time as any to start talking about our main topic of the week. Uh, p- protagonists in video games are the central point between you as the player and the video game. It's mm-hmm. it's how you get into the game if you get into the game and just kind of what game it's going to be and what it means to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what this podcast is all about is what the video games mean to us. Not video games, but the video games. The video games. What they mean to us. And there are a lot of different ways that we can categorize a, a quote-unquote good protagonist, whether it's some some iconic protagonist like Link or Mario mm-hmm. or something that's just over the top like Kratos, all the way to ones <laughs> that are supposed to be more, uh, more familiar to you and that actually make you delve into the character like choices from Commander Shepard or mm-hmm. just off-the-cuff quips like Nathan Drake. And I kind of want to delve into some of your favorites, some of my favorites, and yeah. see what we can come up with. Okay, yeah. sounds good. Do you have anything you wanted to say right off the bat, Robert? Um, right off the bat, I don't think so. I would, I guess, start off by saying there's like the protagonist where there's more, I guess, character and story driven, where you have a f- fully fleshed out protagonist, mm-hmm. and then there's like the silent protagonists. And I've always enjoyed playing a like a fully formed protagonist more. Like, the whole silent protagonist thing, like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Halo, or Half-Life. <coughs> Gordon See, I, Freeman, I, Master I never Chief. Half-Life. I guess Halo, yeah. Well, Halo, he kind of starts but, yeah. speaking. Mm-hmm. But. but, like, um, I guess, like, Fallout or Skyrim, something like that. In Fallout, where, your character talks, just it's in text. And well, your responses. Yeah. But I'm saying, no like... no voice to it? Yeah. Okay. Big. And there's, those are more just like an analog for you. It's supposed to be like you in the game. Gotcha. Instead of, as, instead that, of though, you playing a character, no. it's you as the character. Right. And I think I prefer playing playing a character. So that's why you prefer Fallout 4 versus Fallout 3? Because Fallout 4, your mm-hmm. character is fully, di- fully voiced. Yeah. Whereas Fallout 3. Or like games so like that are heavily, not scripted, but... Story driven, like yeah. Uncharted or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Horizon, because it's more like playing a movie instead of you know just. And you are a big movie guy. Yeah, you like the cinematic experience mm-hmm. and to get the story. I like the storytelling. I yeah. kind of feel, Kyle, you're the opposite of that, and you like to be the character and make your story. That's very true. Yes, uh, I prefer games with a silent protagonist, more so than the uh, the fully fleshed out character that you play as. Gotcha. Uh, for me, I mean, I enjoy those cinematic experiences as well. Mm. Uh, the first one I can think of is Joel from Last of Us. Mm. I feel like uh, for that particular genre, having an expressive character adds to the experience more. That's something that uh, I'm drawing a blank. The developer of that game. Naughty Dog. Thank you. That is something that Naughty Dog does very well. And they do. Same with Uncharted. Mm-hmm. Not as much Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Like, I, I put Nathan Drake down as one of uh, 
I would say that Nathan Drake is one of my favorite protagonists in a game series. Because I, th- I think you were actually in the room with me, Kyle, when I was playing Uncharted 2 mm-hmm. at some points. And, like, the the room that I was climbing started tr- crumbling down. And I go, oh, sh-. And then right after I say it, Nathan Drake <laughs> says it in the exact same mannerism that I had just said yeah, it in. Yeah. And it really gets me uh, it with that character. It's a very mm-hmm. relatable feeling with a character like that. And I, I see your point. Yeah, like having a character that you feel connected to yeah. is really important. But... If you know me at all, I'm not a very I think talkative I person. I'm, I'm more... Uh, I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> Wink. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm really uh, self-reflective, and I look inward rather than outward. Mm-hmm. And for me, characters that can be a mixture of both, uh, that's what I'm drawn to the most. Uh, one of those characters I can really relate to is Isaac from Dead Space. Uh, all throughout the first game... He's a mute protagonist. He doesn't talk. And, uh, you know, when the second game comes around, you, you've been through all that as Isaac. And now he's talking. And he's saying things like, you know, just uh, all these expletives Wah, in reaction. And, and yippee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, there's things he says in the game that I feel like, you know, since I've lived through that as well, I can relate to that character more. And I think that was a really good blend between the silent and the uh, cinematic protagonist. Gotcha. But more so uh, with other games, like you mentioned Link at mm-hmm. the beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another character I feel is a really good protagonist for the series. Basically, uh, Link is also expressive. Like, you hear him... He always sounds... He, he gets the sound, sorry to interrupt, but he That's always okay. gets whatever sound he makes is the point that he's trying to make, whether yeah. it's the exertion from swi- slashing his sword or uh, the, the, yeah, for getting up. That sounded more like Mario, but <laughs> trying to get the, the horse to go faster. Yeah. Uh, specifically, uh, Ocarina of Time, because that's, that's pretty much the extent of my mm-hmm. Zelda history. But, but again, it it's not like you're that character you you see him doing everything on screen uh i just think for that series in particular it's like you're on an adventure yourself and that makes it worth uh exploring gotcha and that's why i love breath of the wild so much because you're pretty much using link as this guide and he's taking you along for the journey and for me that i just love that that's what I enjoy most out of games. See, that's kind of where I was really getting into Doom 2016. is because oh. he is a silent protagonist, but mm. just at the very beginning of the game when he's listening to an audio log and he's like, I don't care. He doesn't say I don't oh, care, that was but great. you can tell he doesn't care because he just takes the screen that was and great. throws it across the room. Yeah, exactly. And you don't get audio logs after that. It's like, yeah. that, that's the... You can get exactly the point that you're trying to get across without having him say the words and it just it makes you feel so much better than if he would have said i don't care about this and then through it it wouldn't have been the same no i totally agree that was actually i'm really glad you brought that up because that was a really cool moment in the intro of the game it gets right to the point that it wanted to make a game that was more like the classic doom that people were clamoring for and Mm -hmm. not as much like doom 3 i loved doom 3 i did 3 was awesome yeah but doom 2 is one of my favorite games of all time Mm -hmm. so 
I, I really, really enjoyed the presentation of this new Doom, and just right off the bat with the, the main character just throwing that, it just set the game <laughs> off on a good note for me. You make me want to play it more. <laughs> make me want to play it. <laughs> Maybe I should work in marketing. <laughs> it does say marketing on your business card. It does, but I don't do that. <laughs> but on the, the note of some of the bigger protagonists, I actually made a little bit of a list for some of the more iconic protagonists mm-hmm. and whether or not they deserve to be as... I want to discuss whether or not they deserve to be as iconic or legendary as they actually are. Okay. And a lot of them are actually Nintendo characters. Because mm-hmm. Nintendo, mm-hmm. that's what they do. They yeah. build a character and then they build a franchise around that character. Uh, between Mario, Link, Donkey Kong, uh, even uh, Fox McCloud from Star Fox, the first couple, they were on Nintendo consoles. They weren't Nintendo-made games, but... Stuff like that. Uh, do you guys ever, outside of Super Mario Odyssey, do you get into those kinds of characters? I guess you already talked about Link, but... For, like, Nintendo specifically? Yeah. I mean, you uh, are wearing a Mario I, shirt right now. I am wearing a Mario shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, it's, more, it's more like, hey, world, look at me. I'm a gamer. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I, That's probably why I've never really hung on to a Nintendo console for that long is because I guess none of those characters have ever really like connected with me. Like I like Mario games like Mario 64. I played a lot of uh, back when I had a Nintendo DS at like the Super Mario Brothers or whatever. And the new Super Mario Brothers? Probably. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But so I in I enjoy them, but I've never, they've always been more like, I guess, not mythic characters, but characters that are just, I know they're huge, yeah. but they're not huge to me. See, that's that's where I am with uh, specifically Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. I love playing Donkey Kong Country 1 and 2. I haven't played any of the other Donkey Kong games. Mm-hmm. And I know that he was, like, the arcade Donkey Kong game is an iconic, mm-hmm. classic game. But that character does nothing for me. Yeah. And, and he Not gets emotions across when he's, uh, especially after you beat a boss in the original games, and he's dancing, <laughs> especially when he's dancing with Diddy Kong. But I never really got into that specific mm. character. And I've almost been the same way with Link for the most part. I haven't really had that th- that relationship, I suppose, with Link. Like, I don't <laughs> feel like I'm playing as him. I feel like I'm watching him, and it doesn't do much for me. Mario is not like that for me. I don't know why, but especially with Super Mario Odyssey, and that's why I was trying to exclude it, because Mario Odyssey, for some reason, resonated with me a lot more than any of the Mario games did. Mm -hmm. It's just how expressive he is in that game, and how vibrant that entire world, I guess all those worlds, or all those kingdoms are. Mm -hmm. I I felt like I was playing as Mario, whereas in Mario 64, or even before that, Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3, I didn't feel like I was Mario. Like, I didn't care if Bowser won or not, <laughs> but in Odyssey, I wanted to defeat Bowser. Mm. I mean, I just see Mario as like a giant marketing thing now. <laughs> I, I just see him as Nintendo's brand. Yeah, I feel like that's what a lot of Nintendo is. That's what Mario is. started off as was Nintendo's like just mascot. Mar- mascot. Yeah. That's another thing I wanted to get into was the whole mascot thing. Sonic the Hedgehog. Like Crash Bandicoot Crash for Bandicoot. Sony. I don't know if that ever stuck as well as Mario or <laughs> Sonic, but... Yeah, and I think Master Chief was as close as Xbox got to Mm -hmm. having a mascot. Like mascot characters don't really 
stick with me as much. Yeah. Link's the one exception, I think. Uh, I just feel like that's the whole point of the character is to be a, you know, a celebration of the brand. With Sonic in particular, I hate listening, watching any of the cutscenes in any of the 3D Sonic games, and I love. Sp- Loved playing Sonic Generations, even the 3D scenes, and I don't get 3D Sonic and why that's fun, but I loved that game. Uh, I hated the cutscenes. I don't care to hear that character talk. When you're playing the original Sonic games and even the new Sonic Mania, you can tell his attitude by the look in his face when he's running or when he's waiting, he's tapping his foot and looking around. You just get the point that he's trying to make without him saying anything. And the mm-hmm. fact that he started speaking kind of irks me and I can't listen to those cutscenes. Exactly. So you never enjoyed the old Sonic cartoons then, huh? I did, actually. Sonic Saturday AM, the, the, the Saturday morning one, the one that had like all the, the awesome PSAs at the end of it. I loved that show as a kid. Mm. But the other Sonic uh, cartoons I never got into. They were trying to be too edgy. And I don't like it when they turn my childhood, one of my childhood <laughs> heroes into something that's supposed to be edgy and yeah. cool and <laughs> way past cool. But, yeah. He's growing up with the players. Kind of. Sonic's, what, 30? No, he's oh, 25, man, something like that. I don't know. No idea. Oh. Close to close to that number, though. I think Generations was his 25th anniversary mm. birthday. However, <laughs> <laughs> so he's almost as old as us. Mm-hmm. But the, the protagonists that I get into more are the more relatable ones, and I wanted to bring up a couple in particular, two in particular that are different than the rest of them that I could think of as far as relatability goes. <laughs> And that's Revan and Commander Shepard. Those two characters, mm-hmm. being able to make choices as those characters, does that do anything for you? Revan, by the way, is Star Wars. He's played Soul Republic. Yeah, I, I know that. Have you played that? Yes. Oh, you have? I didn't know you played that game. I think we talked about it episode one. Yeah. Did we? yeah. Oh, I don't remember. And Zanzibar. <laughs> Zalbar. And outside <laughs> of the podcast multiple times, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. My mistake. Thank you for the learning moment, though, Kyle. Yes. <laughs> See, uh, those kind of characters, I didn't care as much about Commander Shepard mm-hmm. or Revan as much as I cared about the environments I was playing in mm-hmm. in those games. Those don't do as much for me as, say, Nathan Drake or Aloy. Right. I got more into Aloy as a character, way more into Nathan Drake as a character, than I did Commander Shepard or Rever- Reverend? Revan? <laughs> Reverend Reverend. Reverend Revan. It rhymes Nailed with it. Kevin. Why is it so hard for me to say? That's but, so Raven. That's so Revan. <laughs> nice. I didn't nice. get as into the characters that I was actively making decisions for mm-hmm. as much as I did the ones that had a story arc that was already written that I was playing through. Mm-hmm. Which I'm just now actually reflecting on that and realizing that. Yeah, it's making me think about it too. Is Think about, you know, like those games where you have those choices and you make... Uh, even when it is a character that speaks and has backstory and all that, like Shepard, it's yeah, it doesn't feel as engaging, mm-hmm. I guess, as watching a story unfold already before you. There are a couple exceptions in specifically Kotor and Mass Effect, and it's when you make a decision that actually affects yeah. something, like Ragnar Queen. 
Rachni, sorry. Yeah, the Rachni. Uh, yeah. And then the the end of the first game when you essentially have to choose between, uh, for some reason, saving Caden or for <laughs> obvious reasons, saving Ashley. Mm-hmm. And th- those stuck with me a little bit more, but nowhere near to the point that uh, Kratos and his son Atreus stuck with me in... Mm-hmm. In the new God of War, that also brings up the original Kratos from the first several hundred God of War games that came <laughs> out before last, this year, mm. and uh, the the more outrageous, the more the protagonists that just do really crazy stuff that makes them stand out. And I gotta get my list back out. I mean, was Kratos the protagonist or the antagonist? Uh, it's a double. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to be the, the protagonist in, in, in his story, he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But exactly. uh, characters like Bayonetta or Starkiller, HK-47, Duke Nukem, and mm-hmm. even Meat Boy to an extent that are just more – and I know Meat Boy is kind of more along the lines of Sonic the Hedgehog, but I find him as an outrageous character just because of how expressive he is and yeah. uh, especially Dr. Fetus. <laughs> Great name, but the, the characters in Super Meat Boy are – off the wall. That's a great analogy for the game, too. It is. <laughs> just <laughs> ridiculous characters that, that stick with me. <laughs> and it's for a different reason than Link being a mascot or uh, Kyle Katarn from uh, Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy being... I guess he's side character in Jedi Academy. From the Jedi Knight series being such a great story-driven protagonist. <laughs> I never, I never got to play those Star Wars ones. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast is. I know I, I've talked about Kotor being an honorable mention and mm-hmm. Galaxies being my my like favorite game of all time, but still, uh, Jedi Outcast is one of my favorite games ever. Not just one of my favorite Star Wars games, but one of my favorite games. Nice. It is that good. I uh, Jedi Academy didn't stick with me as much. I seem I, to recall you modded that too, didn't you? I I made some lightsaber designs. <laughs> yeah, that were actually like featured, right? They were listed on a modding website. I oh, okay. But they weren't like featured by anything or oh, anybody. Okay. I just uploaded them to a site, and That's as right, of like yeah. a year ago, they were still up there. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think very many people actually downloaded them, but. I liked them. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I made a, a red, white, and blue one. I made like a lightning America. saber. It just was like it looked. Like, it wasn't solid. It was just like little things of light sticking mm. out everywhere. I don't know. It was, it was weird. I was twelve. I wasn't twelve. I think I was more like fifteen. But still, mm. however old I was, uh, Kyle Katarn though is a really good uh, protagonist, and not just in that game, but in that whole Jedi Knight series. Mm. His progression from becoming a Jedi Knight to re- renouncing the Jedi Order and then come uh, Jedi Knight 2, he, he's having to work his way back up to becoming a Jedi to stop Dasan and oh, it's such a... It's too bad that wasn't the current trilogy of movies. I know! <laughs> oh my goodness! The yeah. closest we got was uh, Jan Ursa being kind of reminiscent of Jan Ors from Jedi Knight. It's kind of reminiscent, but not nearly <laughs> enough. Mispronounced the name at first, but that's okay. Isn't it Jin? Jin Urso. 
Ursa, Ursa, yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter. So he said Jan Ursa. I said Jan Ors. The second time. Yeah. The first time it sounded like you said Jan oh. Ursa. Maybe I was getting a little ahead of myself. Maybe. Yeah. Either way, she was a good character. That I, I wish they would have done those as movies and made them canon. Yeah. That's another topic for another time. <laughs> that's, that's another topic for another podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not so video game related. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question for Robert. Yeah. Uh, out of all the Assassin's Creed games, mm-hmm. which one's your favorite protagonist? I wrote down an answer for mine for Ooh. that already. Because I know you're a huge it's, fan of the series. Yeah. That's hard because I feel like I know you guys have talked a lot about Bayek. Yeah. And for me, I'm still early in the game, so I'm not quite mm-hmm. as uh, attached to him as a protagonist. I didn't like Bayek as a character. Oh, really? I did not. Oh, I thought you did. Uh-uh. That's I, interesting. I really like Bayek, especially playing both DLCs now and getting a little more of him like, a couple of years later after the events of the first game. Mm-hmm. I really like Bayek a lot, but I think I'd still have to give the edge to... Ezio, mm-hmm. because he had that's my answer. What three games? Was it three or four? Three. I always forget. Three games that had a full arc over three games. You know, you mm-hmm. met him when he's this young, brash, cocky Italian kid. Getting you know, in and fights and, on the street. Yeah, climbing out of girls' windows. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then ending, you know, the way he did. And he's all like master assassin, mm-hmm. all wise and great and stuff. Starting and, the Brotherhood, essentially. Yeah, and. Yeah, he, he's a great character. Yeah, I'd to say... see him evolve over the course of the game series. Exactly, it's that evolution of his character that made him be a great pr- protagonist throughout all three games. So he's... I'd say he's my favorite. I think I talked about this on the on the podcast a little bit. I don't remember if it was the first or second episode, but I talked about how I didn't like Altair and I didn't like Bayek, but I liked Ezio. Yeah, for me, uh, Connor was just completely flat of a character like I didn't, even, protagonist. I didn't even remember him until you just yeah. brought him up I mean that's that that says a lot right there yeah yeah, yeah his character was I still love that game but the character of Connor was it's my favorite great. Assassin's Creed game I still think Hatham Kenway should have been the protagonist for that particular game they they were going for kind of a oh my god moment yeah and yeah yeah I think they mm-hmm. they suffered for it or the I'm, game suffered for it. I mean, I know you guys haven't played Rogue, right? I played no. about 25% of it. I mean, Shay is such a great protagonist for that series. Because you see his uh, thinking behind... I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but I mean, it's called Rogue anyway. Yeah. He joins the Templars. Mm-hmm. And I think that was in the marketing of the game. It so. was, yeah. yeah uh, basically, that was really cool to see as from a protagonist's point of view. Like how he, uh, you know, discovers what the assassins are doing mm-hmm. it, it's pretty much reflecting what the templars are doing but the assassins are doing it on purpose to prevent widespread pandemonium right but the templars are actually trying to restore peace to this at the time a turbulent point of history it was just really cool to see how he approached that choice of joining the templars it made it for a really fun game to play mm. and uh I guess going back to Ezio, uh, seeing that little clip at that movie, the CGI movie of him being an old man, mm-hmm. you know, passing the torch. Yeah. I mean, that really wanted me to see, uh, I think her name was Xiao Jun. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Uh, I know she's got her own game in, what was it, Assassin's Creed China? 
Assassin's Creed Chronicles China. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see that game. Like a full-fledged Assassin's Creed game. Okay. I was going to say, if not you want to see it, just watch a Let's Play of <laughs> Like, it. I want to see her story, like, in the Assassin's Creed world. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And also the Russian guy that they did a comic series on. They had him as the the protagonist in Assassin's Creed Chronicles Russia. Russia. Yeah. Like, I would love to see full-fledged games of that. Just to see their stories as protagonists mm-hmm. in that time in history. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah. But that's what I get out of that series is mm-hmm. seeing these protagonists in that point of history yeah. and what life was like back then. There are some games like Assassin's Creed that the protagonist doesn't make the game to me. Like I said, my favorite Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed game is Black Flag, but I didn't care for Connor. You mean, uh, oh gosh. Was that Connor was from 3. 3. You that's why I gave Edward, you a weird oh, look Edward when you Kennedy. said, that's my favorite Assassin's Creed game. Edward oh. I thought you were yanking my chain. Yeah, Edward was just Black imagine Flag. I said that uh, sarcastically then, <laughs> and I wasn't. It all makes sense game. now. Yeah, I just got to take that back around. Yeah, yeah it was Ed- Edward Kenway. I was getting both Edward. those games confused. Yeah. But yeah, the, either way, the protagonist in Black Flag didn't appeal to me, but the game was my favorite in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I mean, uh, Black Flag was just, gameplay-wise, it was having all these different elements just make mm-hmm. the perfect game with piracy being the main theme of it. But the protagonist was just... I didn't care for him. Yeah. I don't know why. It's because he was kind of bland. Mm-hmm. I mean, that and the awkward, you know, modern-day stuff kind of... Well, yeah, I guess it does take you... Take me- away... It does directly take you out of playing as him to yeah. play as the the video game tester at Exter- Abstergo <laughs> Entertainment or whatever. I yeah. about that. Yeah. It's hard to keep track of which games had which... <clears throat> current like the modern things. day modern hero day or whatever yeah yeah i, <laughs> I yeah that's a series i want to talk about that but that's another topic for another time how about you kevin you got any more you want to list off um i did want to mention that i as much as i talk about god of war i don't think i would have enjoyed it as much if kratos wasn't the character in that game that he was mm-hmm. if they would have made him kratos of old Mm-hmm. And put it in that Norse setting and in the the style of gameplay that it was, I don't think I would have gotten into it. Mm. And it, it it was his interactions with Mimir and with Atreus and just with the environment and his growth as a character throughout that game that got me so heavily it was, invested. It was phenomenal in to witness, it, like the character development in exactly. that game. And that's Incredible. why they kept the camera how they did, is because they wanted that intimate feeling mm-hmm. and it, it worked. It, it really did. I think that's why we see a lot of games now going for that perspective. Yeah. You see that with a lot of Sony exclusives. Yeah, and they're successful for a reason. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And that's a game. Sorry. So having not played it, it's basically third person view, though, right? Over the shoulder, third person. You're talking about Yeah. Yeah. Or you, yeah. Because you were saying that Sony seems like they're doing it with all their things, so yeah, I haven't played it, so I didn't. It's like I thought it was just a regular as The Last of Us, okay. Uncharted, and gotcha, basically, yeah, stuff like that. Okay, yeah, games where I create my own character, I don't care as much about the character. Mm-hmm. I find out, yeah, well, I, I am finding out. Do you mean like first person or either? Like, oh, either. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I can I, see that because in Dark Souls, I feel that way too. Because. Uh, I I see it more as like an insertion point. Yeah. Just for your own point of view. My uh, brain doesn't make that distinction between first and third person. 
I know that is a, a good way to get more in de- involved with a character is to have it in first person. Mm. But for me, it doesn't do anything. But I, I don't make the distinction in my head. I mean, uh, I also think about Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption. I feel like if the you know the open world style of games where you make your own character, yeah, that, that's also a thing. Like Saints Row, for example, did that. I think where you made mm-hmm. your own character. Uh, yeah. Uh, how would you feel of having that series with like a fixed protagonist that you don't have any like creative control over? I wouldn't care, hmm. honestly. I, the only thing that that it did for me is made it so I could buy my own clothes in Saints Row. Mm. I I didn't have a story in Saints Row. The Saints Row story is about the other character, the secondary mm. characters in the game. Mm. Uh, the main character is just the one traveling through their stories, and I, it, it's inconsequential. Mm-hmm. I just enjoy the game because of the mechanics. Mm-hmm. The characters suck, <laughs> in my humble opinion. <laughs> say, definitely with a game like Skyrim, for me, it's creating the character and stuff. It's, it's kind of okay. I'm there in the game for... The, the mechanics, the story, yeah, the playthrough. Yeah, the mechanics, the story, the character. I don't really care, you know, yeah. what I'm playing as or what my story is. It's about exploring the world and doing all that. Yeah. And and that's a game that's either first or third person. Mm-hmm. But I always played first person. But as I say, I'm kind of with you where it doesn't matter to me whether it's first or third. I think I prefer third person games. I like seeing my character. And actually, I, it, I think that helps me to enjoy the story more i prefer third person games when i'm playing on my playstation because i'm playing with a controller i prefer first person on my pc with a keyboard and mouse i can't control first person at all with a controller and i can't do third person nearly as well with the keyboard Mm -hmm. and mouse it's just really awkward i mean i use a controller for my key for my PC anyway, but you know I was playing Doom with the controllers, so maybe I should try it with mouse and keyboard this time. If you're proficient with FPSs on a mouse and keyboard, that mm-hmm. is definitely the way to play it. Because I played Dishonored on mouse and keyboard, and I was so immersed in that game. Okay, I and, played uh, Doom with the mouse and keyboard. Yeah, totally. and you know I wanted to talk on that as well. The choice in Dishonored two between Emily and Corvo. I mean, I felt like it was a bit of a hard choice to make. Because, you know, you play as Corvo in the first game. Yeah. You want to experience something new. And plus, this is more so Emily's story. If you guys have played it, I'm not sure if you have. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Well, uh, I played the, a bit of the first one. I played as Emily from my first playthrough, and I just didn't get as invested in the story of it. I felt like if I played as Corvo and saw his character development from the first game, I probably would have enjoyed it more. But it was a pretty forgettable experience for me. Dishonored 2. Uh, I don't know if you guys feel that way about multiple protagonists to choose from. If you have like a preference on what appeals to you. I would have gone for the same choice as you. Played mm-hmm. for the one, uh, I would have gone for the one that was different than the first time around. If there's multiple mm-hmm. options, then I kind of just go for the one that's least like anything else I play. Mm-hmm. Typically. I mean, I was trying to think of another example, but I'm kind of hitting a the wall there. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Five, you had multiple protagonists. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but you don't really choose between them. No, I mean you do at the time. Yeah, there are certain missions where you have to play as either one of them. But, um, yeah, that was one where, so you're playing as all three of them whenever you want. It doesn't. You're never worried about you know 
any one of them like anything bad happening to him. And the stakes aren't very high, but it's it was an interesting way for them to do it. I liked it. It was cool to have three different people and kind of have three different styles to play. Yeah. But it's... I like how their backstories were all completely different yeah. in the way they got into the, the stuff that you do in that game. Mm-hmm. It was all completely different yeah. circumstances. Uh, that was cool. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, I mean, this. I think this just... Grand Theft Auto Five in general, but that game didn't really stick with me as much as previous GTAs. I still think uh, CJ from San Andreas mm-hmm. was the best protagonist. I agree because uh, he just had what you were mentioning. He had I the don't... lines where he would say stuff, and you would say, you know, the thing before he would. Right, and that made the game fun. You know, I actually, I think back to uh, GTA Three. Oh, and just the look of the the protagonist with the leather jacket, Tommy. Yeah, was that what his name was? I don't. I know. thought it was Claude. Claude, right? Tommy was Vice City. Vice City. Was it Tommy Versetti? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yep. gotcha. Okay. Just the the look made me feel cool. Mm. This is the way he looked. It looked like he was trying to be this cool New Yorker or mm-hmm. Liberty Cityan, and <laughs> I guess that's how what you'd say. I'm surprised you bring him up because he's a silent protagonist. I know. So you just would see him doing this crazy stuff on screen. And yeah, and that's you, how he... You're like, you, I wish that was me. No, kind of I don't oh. wish I was, you know, killing cops and <laughs> <laughs> crashing my, my car into other cars and stuff. But it, it's just the way that I got his personality out. Like, I was able to express the personality out of him that I wanted to via how I was playing. Mm-hmm. Rather than... It was it was actions, not words. I, I think that's what speaks to me more is actions, not words. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah... That, Wow, yeah, that ties that all up, all around, because that's what I was saying about characters that you make choices for in Mass mm-hmm. Effect and KOTOR. Mm-hmm. It's like those few choices that actually had consequences resonated with me more than just the, do I want blonde hair or brown yeah. hair or black <laughs> hair in Prey? Or was that Prey? That you get to choose the hair uh, color? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can create him a little bit, but not much. I, think. I don't think that, no, it was... Oh, no, I'm mistaken. You choose between a female and a male protagonist. What game was I playing? Or Never mind. That was a scene in Detroit Become Human. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to choose <laughs> I what haircut. Yeah. yeah, that's what. I was like, my fiance was watching me play a game, and I didn't remember what it was, but she wasn't watching <laughs> me play Prey because that was on my computer. That makes sense. You know, Mariah, my girlfriend, she actually chose Caro's hair color for me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we went uh-huh. with the brown. I, I went with uh, the blonde with that nice. was, just because that's her hair color. It's Ashley's yeah. hair color, yeah. but I didn't like ask her or anything. I just <laughs> Ashley has short hair, and she cut the the android cut her hair. Kara cut her hair short, and then asked me the hair color. I just looked at her, <laughs> blonde. <laughs> She's like, I knew you were gonna do that. Nice, <laughs> love you. <laughs> The one protagonist that I wanted to talk about a little bit that I haven't brought up yet mm-hmm. is Lara Croft. Because there are different iterations of her, similar yeah. to, to Kratos, but I I view classic Lara Croft as one of those iconic mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. Whereas in recent games, the, the I guess the origin story trilogy of her, she's she has much more character development and she's yeah. much more of a relatable character than the the outrageous iconic mm-hmm. gun toting shooting at dinosaurs Tomb Raider that she was <laughs> mm-hmm. of of past and uh, 
she is a character that has just grown up unlike Sonic the Hedgehog, grown up <laughs> gone with the times <laughs> and mm-hmm. has had so much even if it's origin story development, it is character development that has made me care more about the character than I ever did in the original games. Mm-hmm. I don't have much experience with the other, with the original games. Neither do I, no. And yeah. I played most of the the reboot Tomb Raider and I actually liked the character a lot more because she mm-hmm. had vulnerabilities and she had like goals and she had a mission that she was trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And it, it really put me in that mindset of, oh, Yippee! I'm stranded. I have no items, no weapons. I got this bow now and people are trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. It, what are you going to do to survive? Yeah, that, it was that sense of danger that actually <clears throat> made me feel like uh, that attachment, I suppose. Mm-hmm. A lot of ga- Most games don't do that for me. It's really rare. Uh, I know there's another character who's kind of in the same vein as you're describing. Uh, I think Batman in the Arkham series is very much like that. And that's what made the game so fun to play. Uh, You see him, you know, triumphantly, like, vanquish foes, but then he also gets knocked down a few times by certain villains. And uh, The Scarecrow part of Arkham Asylum was... That was that was great. That was my favorite part of that game. Oh by yeah, far. Yeah, because it was it was Batman being helpless. Never got that far. Oh, <laughs> really? oh you I've, haven't played it? I have played oh, it. It's one of those games that I've started like two or three times, and I always get like a couple hours in, and it's usually right before another game comes out, oh, and man. then I stop it to play that game, and I just and I don't get back surprised. into it. You're the comic book fan of the three I know. of us. I'm it's really strange, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I That's think why I got a, I got all three of them with the Xbox sale. So sometime oh, soon man. I will be starting them. Oh, you're in for a good time. There actually is one more protagonist, though. If you're done with yeah, the yeah, Batman, go thing. ahead. Um, I, I was saying how making decisions as a character doesn't really affect me much, but I would still list uh, Clementine as one of the better protagonists in a series, and I haven't played the Walking Dead Telltale games myself, but I've seen enough of them played and seen the seen her grow up into what she's going to be in the, the mm. new season that's coming out. Yeah, the final one. Yeah. And I'm excited for that. The trailer they showed of like her talking to the kid and the kid having a gun and stuff, and mm-hmm. it just brought me back to the first episode of the first season when I, I, I think, I don't remember much of that, but it was when she was helping out the the guy, I don't remember the guy's name in season one. Lee. Lee, yeah. yeah. Helping him out, and she's just like, what's going on? So overwhelmed. And now seeing Clementine in Lee's role, if that was his name, and this yeah. other kid in Clem's role, it's mm-hmm. it's it's great character development, and it's a good way to it's a wrap the story series. around. I mean, uh, season three is kind of like, you know, the odd one out. But seasons one and two, uh, just seeing how Lee influenced Clementine and how she takes those lessons to heart and moves forward in this grueling world. Uh, it's a fantastic story. And even the side characters are like, really well written. Uh, there's one in particular, I don't want to say too much, but uh, he pretty much becomes this crutch for you in the second season. And there's choices you have to make that are just really difficult to make. <laughs> uh, but you know, going back to Lee being in season one, he was a great protagonist because he was so relatable as just the kind soul that wants to do good. You don't really see that too often in games. Like, you're either this gun-toting, you know, kill everyone, 
around yeah. you like Nathan Drake. Yeah. Who's like a serial killer at this yeah. point. <laughs> With all the uncharted games. Uh-huh. I mean, he doesn't bat an eye. He just uh, kills everybody around him. He, he gets doesn't... trophies for killing 150 people with any particular <laughs> weapon. So yeah. That's what it's all about for him. The treasure hunting. Uh, but, you know, I feel like with certain games, I think another example would be like the Metal Gear Solid series. Where you see this huge character development over time. Uh, in particular for Solid Snake. Uh, seeing him grow as a character throughout the series, you don't have a lot of uh, franchises that take risks like that. Having these established characters and changing them throughout the course of the game's uh, right. or the franchise's life cycle. I think we'll be seeing more of that now after the success of God of War and seeing how they yeah. took that character and from what I've seen, almost flipped it on its head, even though he's still running around killing things. Well, I mean, that, that's what I was saying with Tomb Raider as well. They yeah. did the same thing. I, and I, I agree more, more companies are going to be taking some of those characters mm-hmm. of old. and Like, I wouldn't be... I would be actually really surprised if uh, Halo Infinite humanizes Master Chief in any way, shape, or form. It's long overdue. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to very much. Yeah. He's that's... still... He's, he's Duke Nukem in my mind. <laughs> he... Uh, Except I like Duke Nukem. Say I love Master Chief as a protagonist. Because he's... Oh, you feel like he's this guy that's always going to get everything done. You can always count on him. You know, he's... Even though there has been times where he's failed, it's like he's this larger-than-life figure. And it's actually one of those times where I enjoy playing someone like that and never being able to see him. And at this point, I hope they never show what he looks like. I, think, I didn't even realize they hadn't. Yeah. Oh, they've teased it a lot over the years. Oh, yeah. but they it's never always been one of those things. And oh, are they going to show his face? And <laughs> no, like if it had been in the first game, would have been o- would have been okay with you know him taking the helmet off and seeing it. But now yeah. that it's been so long, it's better to just keep it a mystery because it's not about what he looks like. And so I guess yeah, he's kind of an analog for the player where he's more supposed to be you instead of you playing as yeah. his character. That's one instance where I really enjoyed that type of protagonist. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I don't mean, I don't think they're going to do much. Probably a little bit, but they're not going to do a whole lot of humanizing. No, I mean, uh, it's not really so much in the games, but additional lore for the series, there's the books. The books were really good at that. Yeah, like I read all of the original trilogy books. Dude, me too. And I haven't even played the original <laughs> trilogy games. One of my played favorite Halo 1. books is the... Halo Reach, mm-hmm. the fall of Reach. Yeah. They're, they show a lot of backstory for the Master Chief and what he went through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just wish that kind of story tone was in the game itself. Right, instead of ancillary information. It just feels like uh, he's going through the motions, just, oh, there's another thing I got to blow up or kill. And the plot is based off of that more so than character based. Because, uh, you know, you have Cortana who mm-hmm. kind of acts like. She's really the best character in she's those the games, even though she's not the main protagonist. Yeah, and she actually has an arc. It's like um, I find that to be the case with Bioshock Infinite, where Elizabeth mm-hmm. was a much more compelling mm-hmm. character than Booker was. Oh yeah, by far. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> she was the one character in a game that was essentially an escort mission the entire game <laughs> and it did not feel like yeah. a dra- it didn't it actually made the game better mm-hmm. it actually helped yeah mm-hmm. rather than 
you think of uh, what Natalia and Goldeneye or oh god, <laughs> I, I Ashley just, from Resident Evil Four. Yeah. That's a big one right there. I just I, I whenever I think of an escort mission, I just get flashbacks of playing Goldeneye and just Natalia walking in front of me, and I shoot her all the time. And I'm <laughs> not trying to at first. Everyone's done that. Yeah, yeah. at least one point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That was good times. <laughs> Well, uh, it was kind of. I liked the game, but I, I loved the game. Yeah, but God, but there are ways to make a secondary character, and Bioshock Infinite did it. Mm-hmm. He did, yeah. So overall, I, I I've actually found out a lot about the games that I like to play through this discussion. The, the yeah. characters that I like are the ones that I don't make the decisions for. I just get to see their story unfold in their mm-hmm. own their own way and the, the character development along the way and t- relatable characters like Nathan Drake or Kratos or Laura Croft in the new mm-hmm. series resonate with me a lot more. I don't know what you guys are probably on a little bit of a d- different keel than me, but what same we're almost the same there. Same, 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 same. because going back to, like I said, how you know I'm a huge movie buff and all that. I enjoy the video game experiences when it's like you're playing, you're viewing a movie, but you're, you know, playing it. Yeah. So I like when it's those fully formed characters that have arcs, and I enjoy the other games where it's, you know, a little bit looser protagonist where it's just you, because mm-hmm. I love those for the gameplay because it's fun. But as storytelling and something I really get into, I definitely enjoy, yeah, having a fully formed protagonist that is making their own choices, and I'm just along for the ride. I oh. think. Oh, go ahead. I think a set narrative that is actually written beginning, middle, end is mm-hmm. a lot better than making choices that kind of affect one thing or another. Mm-hmm. And there, especially in a game where you have so many different options to do things, you can only have, apparently, in Mass Effect, three endings. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather have one defined ending that was yeah. well-written yeah. than three choices between mediocre crap that all pretty much end up the same yeah yeah you know looking back on those types of games where you create your character i find that the only real memorable moments you have with those characters is when a big plot twist happens or you have to make a sudden choice about who lives and who dies like i was saying earlier exactly and uh you know listen to robert discuss the, the cinematic ones i mean those are the big moments that really stick out to you where you have a character in front of you that you can relate to who, you know, has his own opinions. And you internalize that more, I think, as a player because you're just seeing that unfold, that scene. Mm -hmm. And it's more impactful that way. Whereas if you're, for example, in Mass Effect, you know, you just have those certain moments where you have to make that gut-wrenching decision. But you're character doesn't really express anything at all it's basically what you're feeling in that moment like uh with fallout do you punch the reporter do you not punch the reporter (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i mean you know it's good for a laugher so but then yes i mean when you look back on the game it doesn't really stick out as much the things that stick out more in mass effect are characters like morden and side characters yeah yeah yeah. definitely characters yeah but your protagonist is pretty much forgettable for the most part. I yeah. Mean, Commander I mean, Shepard is not my favorite protagonist in a video game. <laughs> I mean, uh, I was thinking specifically of, like, the Fallout games. 
where you talk to all these people, but you know, your protagonist is basically you and you already know everything about yourself. So you're mm-hmm. like, I don't care about that guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I but, want to see a fantastic story mm-hmm. about someone else. I know my story. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I, I like that, Kyle. That's a really good point. Yeah. When I think of Fallout New Vegas, the only character that I remember is Moira. She's the only character that I remember the name of. Because <laughs> you shot her in the head so many times. She was <laughs> no. so annoying. <laughs> I, I didn't find her that obnoxious. She was annoying, but it wasn't – I don't think it was to, to a detriment in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And she, was, she stood out as an annoying character, yes, but not as – Wait, wasn't she in Fallout 3? I thought it was New Vegas. I thought it was like the Wasteland Survival Guide. <gasps> You're right. You Fallout do the 3. Wasteland Survival Guide in Fallout 3, yes. and they make a reference mm-hmm. to it in Fallout New Vegas. Mm-hmm. You are correct. Mm-hmm. My bad. But go ahead. Yeah, it's she wasn't that annoying of a character, and she's the only one that I actually remember, I guess, in in the Fallout series. I can't think of anybody else's name in the series except no. Benny, I think, was in New Vegas. New the, Vegas, yeah. And I, I never even got to the Strip in New Vegas. It's the one area I didn't go to, so I never Oh, beat the so game. you never met, like, Mr. House? Or... No. Oh, damn. No. Yeah. Hey, wow, I'm surprised. I just remember Benny because he was uh, voiced by Chandler. Yeah. Matthew Perry. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Could there be any more radiation? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you actually said that. I I hope not. You probably did. Oh, there's no great. radiation in on the strip. That was well, that place was free of it. I think they actually had like electricity part. and stuff too. They did. Yeah. New Vegas was fun. I like I like actual Las Vegas. That place is fun. <laughs> Seems like a fun place. Yeah, it was, it was a good good time to spend a few nights there. Next year, going for a week. Nice. Well, that's about all we've got for uh, pr- talking about protagonists this week. Next week, we're taking it to the other side and talking mm-hmm. about our favorite uh, antagonists. Dun, dun, dun. The villains. Yeah. I love a good villain. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to talk about that. But this was a, a much better discussion than I thought it was going to be off. Just I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't mm-hmm. think we were going to actually have a solid hour of good conversation. I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, It's a lot of fun. Turned out... Much better than we all hoped. <laughs> I, I found out more about myself, and, you know, it's just another another part of my story arc. <laughs> you got some character there, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's what we like. You've grown as a protagonist. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Nice. Well, I am tired. My legs hurt. I drove around a lot today, and I, now I'm sitting down doing this, so I'm just going to stop rambling now. If you guys have enjoyed li- listening to this podcast and me rambling with – two guys that actually know what they're talking about <laughs> assume <laughs> sometimes yeah assume allegedly Alleg- oh that's okay that makes that's sense. what i meant yeah. to say <laughs> please <laughs> like subscribe follow do whatever you want to pushing buttons p on twitter pushing buttons pat pot pushing buttons podcast.com is the website you can get links to everything youtube Oh, yeah. Subscribe yeah. to the YouTube channel. There's going to be stuff up there that's not just this podcast at some point. You just got to work with us. Mm-hmm. We all work full-time jobs, and it's hard to get time to do other stuff. But thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time. Have a great week. Take care. Thanks. Love you.